Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. So like I said, I'm going to be um, talking about Palm Sunday today and uh, Palm Sunday, what it's, it's all about, the week as we lead into Easter. I want to talk about that and I want to talk about some of the key kind of aspects of the story and how we might respond into them. Um, but kind of before I dive into that, I mean, even now, before we go into lockdown where I am, um, I've just loved seeing the way that we have responded in this season. Uh, of course, it's different, but I'm loving all the creative ways that people are connecting with each other, uh, visiting their neighbours, assisting their neighbours in some way. It's just amazing to see. It's amazing to see you uh, as Coast Vineyard respond in the way that you have. So let's pray. And then we'll, uh, we'll get stuck into what I want to share. Lord, we, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are here with us right now. And uh, God, just as we share around your word, I, I pray that you come and speak into our hearts. Would you enliven your word to us so that we may be able to gain something fresh from the story that has been celebrated for thousands of years. Let it be fresh to us here right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. All right. So, what's the big deal with Palm Sunday? Um, I love you if you've got your Bibles uh, to turn into Matthew 21, uh, and we're going to read uh, we're going to read the passage from there. Uh, while you're turning there, though, just to set the scene a little bit for you, Palm Sunday is one of the very few stories that it's actually told in all of our Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, and uh, it's 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 significant in of itself that that's the case. So when we look at the life of Jesus, when we piece together his world and his life, we obviously take um, the different aspects that the Gospels present to us. And so when we have a story, a parable, an account, a moment uh, that is referred to in each of the Gospels, then we can really draw some great gold out of it. And the fact that they thought it important enough uh, to talk about this particular event. So, Palm Sunday, Matthew 21. I'm going to read from uh, verses 1 through to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, which is like a suburb of Jerusalem, uh, on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. In verse 8, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to Dave, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, 
who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. I want to talk about three aspects of this particular story. There is other things that we could talk about, but I just want to focus in on three particular aspects. And they are the donkey, the coats, and the praise. The donkey, the coats, and the praise. So, that's right, I want to start with the donkey. Uh, can I hear a big <laughs> So, this is the only time where we see Jesus riding on a donkey. Every other time that, um, apart from obviously when he's in the womb with Mary, uh, every other time that we see Jesus entering a city, he, he does so on foot. He walks in. So here he is on a donkey coming into the city. The account in uh, Mark 11, verse 2, and Luke 19, verse 13, points out that it is one that's never been written. And the, assume, the assumption is that it's the young colt uh, that Jesus sits on that Matthew refers to. And so kind of if you've ever thought, you know, like, is it okay to, uh, you know, just walk down the road, grab someone's donkey off the street, uh, you know, and, and use it? Well, the, there's a few different possibilities here. So as we read in the story, Jesus sending his disciples ahead to go and get this donkey. It's, one of the assumptions is that there is a right that a rabbi or royalty would have to be able to commandeer that donkey as if uh, a cop commandeering a car that we might probably see in the movies more than in reality. Or there's another theory um, that the real owner of the donkey was in the group, uh, calling the master, telling that the you know, master needs the donkey, that he's there. Or there's the theory that there's this code phrase that Jesus had somehow set up that there'd be someone ready with this donkey and the phrase that the disciples uses uh, is the cue for him to uh, give them their donkey. You know, personally, I think probably the rabbi and royalty uh, idea is the most feasible. But however it happens, the donkey is significant. Jesus riding into the city on a donkey. Uh, verse 4 and 5 of, of uh, the verses that we read in Matthew uh, it refers to Zechariah in chapter 9, 9 and 10. Uh, I want to read them. It says, uh, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots of Ephraim and the war horses of, from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' time and earlier, conquering emperors and, and, and military figures and leaders would enter into a city that they were taking over. So they do it with grandeur, uh, with a sense of superiority, and they would be saying, I am coming to take over this land, to be king ruler in this place. They'd be declaring victory 
and they'd be providing a scene for all to see. But they wouldn't do it on no donkey, right? <laughs> they wouldn't come in on a donkey. They would come in on a war horse, something that's, 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 that's more grand. And this really is what was the popular expectation of what the Messiah would come in on. When he came, he would come to deliver the Jews. He would come to bring victory, to establish peace uh, through military might, uh, through usurping the current oppressive leadership. This is what they wanted. This is what they desired. This is what they were expecting. And so here is the scene of Jesus entering into the city. But it's not how they expected it. He's, he's, he's coming in on a donkey. And in fact, it's the striking contrast to what they were anticipating through this kind of military might sort of scene. And the donkey, it's not, it's not beneath royal dignity. It's, it's not in that regard. But it does emphasize humility, meekness, gentleness, that Jesus comes to us, comes to the city, with that regard. Um, Richard France, who's a biblical scholar, he says, he didn't enter Jerusalem on a war horse of a conqueror, but on a borrowed young donkey. It's a symbol of peace and humility. And in this sort of upside down sort of way, back to front sort of way that Jesus comes to us, he comes to to turn on the head the expectation of the people. And when I think of the donkey within this story, this particular aspect of Palm Sunday, I think of the reality of Jesus coming to us, but not as we may expect it. Coming to us, but not as we may expect it. And honestly, I, I love the way that Jesus kind of weaves his way into, into our worlds but I do often refine, and I'm sure if we kind of reflect back ourselves, he, he, he often does it in ways that we're not anticipating, that we're not expecting. And he does it to grab our attention, to call us to himself. And maybe for you, it's through a particular relationship with someone that you had in a workplace or in a, some sort of setting. Maybe it was through in a particular event that you were part of. Maybe through a set of circumstances. Maybe... Maybe it was just that small, still, small voice that you heard that was calling to you. Maybe it's calling to you right now. And the, that sense of not grandeur and might and kind of loud, um, but quiet and humble and gentle. Sometimes it's through tragedy and hardship that Jesus comes to us. And, you know, here we are in the middle of this season as a nation, and I'm sure that there are many of us who are feeling the weight of this season. You know, maybe the reality is that you don't normally come along to church, you don't normally tune into some church online, but you're here finding yourself listening to this, and there's something in you that's actually seeking Jesus. He comes to us in ways that we don't expect. The donkey that we see in the story is about Jesus coming to us, yes, but in a way that we don't anticipate or expect. The second aspect that I want to pull out, like I mentioned, is the coats. The coats. So Matthew 21 and verse 8, it says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. A little secret, 
um, uh, the wine that you can see up here, the grape juice, is actually a Coke. Oh, as I was saying, cloaks, so I was thinking Coke, you know. We're going to make do, right? <laughs> so they spread the cloaks on the, on the ground so that Jesus can walk over them while he's sitting on the donkey. This is where we get Palm Sunday from. The reality is that it's actually only John, um, John 12, verse 13, that specifically mentions the palms. Here we have the lovely palms behind me. But they're put down in this makeshift red carpet. This is the way that they would do a red carpet in Jesus' time. And in fact, I've got a, um, a piece of art that I want to just put up on the screen here for you to see. Uh, it's called The Entry of Christ into Jerusalem, and it's by Jan van Orley, somewhere in the kind of early 18th century. This, this piece is uh, three meters by seven meters big. And I think that it just captures something of the essence of what's going on here. Um, a lot of the kind of artwork and, and stuff that you see of this particular scene uh, is, a bit, uh, is a bit calm, is a bit, um, uh, a bit sterile. And I think this, this one gives us at least an aspect of the reality of what's going on, uh, perhaps not quite uh, with enough mayhem, but you get the idea. Again, they put down in the same way uh, that a challenging emperor with his loyal followers would do. So uh, with an emperor coming on the war horse, they would put down cloaks, palm branches, trees that they could find to make this red carpet. So they're making this specific point about Jesus coming and the statement that that is. It, it's, very, it's very purposeful about Jesus becoming the messianic king. Here comes this Messiah. They're recognizing this moment. Even though it's not as they are anticipating, and what's about to happen is definitely what they're not, not what they're anticipating, they recognize that here is this messianic king. Uh, and it's a great crowd. It, it's not just a, a, a few careful observers. It's not just a quiet sort of moment. It's a great, large crowd. And they see what's going on, and their immediate response is to lay something of themselves down, to lay the cloak down, to, to lay the palm branches down. And to me, the cloak, that is what the cloak speaks to me about. It's about a response to lay something down. They laid something of themselves down in recognition of what was going on. And I wonder if there is something that for each of us, there is an aspect of laying ourselves down in order to welcome the king. In order to welcome the king into our own hearts. And again, I'm sure that there are many uh, who are watching this right now who, who would be familiar uh, with the, the sense that it is to lay something down for Christ, to lay something of convenience, to lay something of priority, to lay something of time and effort so that we would be able to give priority in the right place to Jesus. And again, in this current season that we're in, um, it's just, it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to practice this, isn't it? You know, I, I, I've loved already hearing the stories of the way that people have connected in with their neighbors. Um, for us, we have a, an elderly gentleman who lives next door to us, and it was just a, a great opportunity to be able to say, look, is there anything that we can do to help? And I was talking to him uh, just the, the other day uh, and saying, you know, like if there's, 
if there's ever a time that we can help one another, it's got to be it's got to be now, right? And so we have this opportunity uh, to be able to do that. And for all of the the medical staff and and others who are who are practically laying something down in this season, there is something of the humanity of that moment that resonates with us so clearly and loudly, isn't there? And there is something in the response of these people in the scene of Palm Sunday as they, as they see Jesus coming into the city and their immediate response is to lay down that cloak off their back uh, to be able to welcome him. And there's just, there's just something in the response of that that calls to us and does the same thing, doesn't it? It calls to us to lay something of ourselves down for him. So there's, uh, there's the donkey, there's the coats, uh, and there's also the praise. I want to just talk about this, uh, this praise that goes on for a moment. So they are bringing praise to the king. They sing and they welcome him as the son of David. King David, who had made this city, Jerusalem, made it the capital over a thousand years ago, and here they are for probably about half of that time waiting for this moment of the messianic king returning to be in charge again. Uh, I, I quite like the way that Luke um, uh, says, says this, and particularly the last phrase that he uses in this. I want to read Luke 19 and verse 37 through to 40. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the, ha- in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, and this is the, the, the phrase that I really love. He says, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. There is something in this moment that all of kind of earth recognizes that even this, even if these people in front of me won't cry out and sing, you know, Hosanna to the highest, it's like even the even the things around us are going to cry out. To me, this this praise sort of moment speaks to me about welcoming him as Lord, welcoming him into our lives, into, the, into our hearts, into the landscapes of our world um, as Lord. It's, it's good for us to remember to praise. Before it makes sense, uh, before we've got it all worked out, before we have all the answers that we want, we can praise. It's Yes, it is a song, but it's more than a song. It's the way that we would live out our lives. And, you know, after all this has happened and this, this scene has gone on, the city is stirred and the question is asked, who is this? Obviously from those who aren't recognizing the moment, who, who is this? And I guess kind of one of my hopes in our lead up to Easter would be that we would have an opportunity to be able to ask that question to ourselves. You know, who who is this Jesus? Who is this uh, man that we celebrate at Easter time? Who is he to me? 
that we'd recognize that Jesus comes to us on a donkey that's not the way that we always anticipate. We recognize that there is something of ourselves to lay down and and we recognize that there is a response from us to praise him. Within all of that swirl, there is this core kind of question of who is this Jesus? What's the reality of his life and the way that it would interact and affect mine? You know, the, the people in this scene, the, the ones who are laying the cloaks down and so forth, they're, they're really in a real challenging spot because they're, they're, they're suffering under an oppressive leadership uh, and they're wanting an answer. They're, they're desperate for a new ruler to come and make things better. And again, sometimes the way that we come to Jesus is in times of desperation. It is when things are not looking good. And the beautiful thing about God is that he doesn't wait for us to kind of have our lives all sorted out or wait for us to have all the answers. Even when we're in that spot, he says, come. Come. I want to be in your world. I I'm, I'm only too happy to be a part of your life. And that's a, that's, a truly, that's a truly beautiful thing. Yes, in the scene in Palm Sunday, Jesus did come and answer their, their question, but he didn't do it in the way that he was expecting, but he did it even deeper. He did it to a much greater level. And beyond just answering our kind of natural needs that we may have in the particular moment, Jesus wants to minister into our lives at a much deeper level. And again, our hope, our prayer, that leading into this Easter, that would be a true reality for all of us, for yourself and for me included. Well, thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.